When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, tonight was the end of our generation's greatest trilogy. Uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury met up once more, and it was just in fact out here. LJ, as someone who was, who is a big boxing fan and was able to watch the first two fights, went out uh, to try to watch the fight tonight. Unfortunately, the place that we went to was not showing the fight. Was able to watch some highlights on YouTube. Other than that, you gave me a pretty good rundown of what happened. I will try to find the full fight tomorrow to watch. But uh, look, you're absolutely right. That's going to be our non-sports moment of the day we didn't have one yesterday uh an honorable mention before yeah absolutely ricardo pepe is the man uh but honorable mention tonight uh texas a&m beating alabama uh we're not gonna probably uh bring it up but i mean nick saban really doesn't lose games so for him to finally lose one uh jimbo fisher just earned an extension rather than He's been playing the most overpaid coach in college in college history. Just earned himself an extension. Um, Yeah, but back on that fight, Brandon. 
Deontay Wilder, you can tell a guy like him, a lot of these heavyweights in particular have massive egos. And his ego was really put to the test when his own corner threw in the towel in the last fight. That's why you saw new coaches, a lot of excuses regarding the coaches. He was embarrassed. He came out, out this time from what I've heard basically for the first time in five or six years with a plan that wasn't just, I'm going to screw everybody up with this, this right hand I have. He came out, executed really well. But, you know, when you have th- 30 pounds less than the other guy out there, you're only going to be able to stick with him for so long. You're only going to be able to try to make those knockout blows for so long before you're just going to be so worn out. And when both guys are as worn out as they were tonight, I, I think realistically by the sixth round, they were both dead. But having that extra muscle, that extra weight, that extra size came to uh, Tyson Fury's advantage here, and he was able to win this one. But this does not – if anything, I think this helps. This is the best possible result for Deontay Wilder's legacy. Yeah, you know, for those who are into boxing, I mean, Deontay Wilder up until, like, the Tyson Fury fights was a pretty much unstoppable force. Uh, dude's right hand is one of the best that we've ever seen. He's 40, uh, he's, he has 42 wins with 41 KOs. All off of the right hand, pretty much, right? Yep. And he's an incredible talent. Uh Unfortunately, Tyson Fury just happens to be one of the best heavyweights ever. And seeing these two fight, truly amazing. I will be able to watch the full fight tomorrow. I promise you guys I will be able to watch the whole thing as the place we went to, unfortunately, was not showing it. But regardless of that. I did want to also make a couple more comments. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. You're good. Because you actually saw the fight, I didn't. So you have yeah, a lot I'm more. Move past the fight to the uh, to the uh, rest of the card, because this fight made up for a lot of deficiencies on the card. Brandon, the card, um, I'm blanking on a lot of the names on it, but very heavyweight heavy. Oh, that sounded weird, but yeah, four heavyweight fights on this. The first one was great. The second one was not anything anyone wanted to be interested in and ended up ending in a disqualification partway through because of uh, nut shots, multiple. And then the last one, technically bro- technically sound, but boring as hell, which is what happens with a lot of them. If you're not, if, it, if it's not a top five, if it's not two top five heavyweights facing off, you can get some really boring matchups. I feel at that, at that weight class. And that's what we kind of got there. Honestly, it makes me a little frustrated that you would you would go with four heavyweight fights here because you, you can get really interesting stuff down a few, maybe welterweight, a uh, lightweight, any of that. I mean, it still kills me that uh, Tiafomo Lopez has uh, left top rank because he, he legitimately had a chance to make himself a household name at the, light, at, at the lightweight level. But past that, there is a uh, was another American on the card tonight, and he looked fantastic. It was, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the name now. 
Davidson. No, no, no. On the main in the main event. Oh, oh. Um. Um. Anderson. 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 Um. Jerry Anderson. Um. Yeah, no. Jared Anderson looked really good. People really seem to like him. Young got tested with a pretty veteran fighter today, and took him down with a TKO. So he's going to be somebody to definitely look out for on the, in this weight class as somebody to eventually maybe knock out a knock down a much older Tyson Fury. Yeah, the guy that Jared Anderson fought, I'm pretty sure was undefeated up until this point. Um, but if you don't know, LJ and I are very much into sports that a lot of people do not appreciate much. F1, boxing. Uh, I'm into UFC a little bit. LJ has not fully gotten into the UFC. Uh, I, I'm eventually going to get him into it. Uh, but we have a big F1 race that will be actually going off in about six hours from now. You can believe me, I'll be up uh, to watch that. But we have two baseball games to talk about tonight that look, it's the playoffs. It's the real deal uh, here. And let's get into this Braves Brewers game because uh, we had two aces facing off Max Freed versus Brandon Woodruff Braves Brewers uh, LJ, this game fully turned out to be what I expected it to be uh, a pitcher's duel. Not a lot of scoring. The scoring does come from like the top players on either team. And uh, shall we get right into it? Yeah, go ahead. Well, we're scoreless through the first two. Freed and Woodruff both pitched very good. I was unable to watch these first few innings as I was at the Syracuse football game today against Wake Forest. Parents weekend, my mom was here, uh, was able to watch the game with her. Unfortunately, Syracuse loses in overtime. We're not going to talk about some of the coaching choices that yeah let's let's steer clear of the college football stuff because you know my season's over i don't i I, i've lost the will to care after today so but in the top of the third inning the braves get on the board thanks to their guy freddie freeman uh the 2020 nl mvp he singles scores Jorge Soler, it's one nothing Braves. Right after him, Ozzy Albee steps up. He hits a solo home run. Or actually, um, it was a home run. They end up calling it a double uh, that scores Freddie Freeman. That would make it 2 to nothing after the top of the third inning. Other than that, Brandon Woodruff looked really good tonight. He pitches into the sixth inning where he runs into trouble once again. Austin Riley hits a solo home run. But other than that, the guy was shutting down the Braves inning after inning, only ends up with one walk, seven strikeouts, five hits. Sure, he allows three earned runs, but this Brewers offense, and spoiler alert, the Braves win three to three to zero. All three of those runs come off of Brandon Woodruff. LJ, this Brewers offense, we've talked about them quite a bit this year, but if you cannot score a single run for your ace starting pitcher, 
I just don't know what what way you can do for them. I mean, this is this is crazy to me that this Brewers offense has been so bad, but somehow they dragged their way into the playoffs. Dragged their way a lot farther than the playoffs. I mean, this is this is a good, very respectable record, and largely that comes from the fact that they have they have made strides on this offense. You cannot deny the fact that this offense is much better than the one that we went into the season with the one we went into June with it is far better there. So I see what they've come with as coming a long way, but that means nothing in the playoffs because this offense has no identity. We have two very different issues here where, where Atlanta, and this is the reason why I liked Atlanta over Milwaukee in this series, Atlanta has Freddie Freeman, no matter what, no ifs, ands, or buts, they're going to have Freddie Freeman. And as much as the other team is going to be game planning around him, knowing he is the only proven guy on this team, you, you cannot count on Ozzy Albies. You cannot count on Austin Riley to necessarily step up in the postseason, but you can count on Freddie Freeman. He at least gives them an identity of somebody they know is going to be able to hurt them. And they have guys like Austin Riley who also, when they're on, can really make you pay. This Milwaukee team has no identity. If I look up and down this lineup, I cannot genuinely convince myself that every every single time that they have a big game, that one guy is going to be definitely involved in it. Like, I, I am certain that Freddie Freeman is going to have positive impacts on the game every single game. I cannot be certain of that with any of the guys on this Milwaukee set. You're absolutely right. Uh, look, having the 2020 MVP plus like what everything Freddie Freeman has done in his career up until this point, it's a big impact on, on your offense. And the Braves get a much needed win. LJ, we talked about how game two is one of the most important games in a five game series. The Braves do exactly what they need to do. They pick up a huge win. Will Smith gets the save for the Braves uh, really wasn't a lot of action. Can we talk about the Max Fried line for a little bit? Because this is also an absolutely beautifully pitched game by him. Yeah, I mean, look, the, if the Braves allow no runs, that means that Max Fried uh, pitched a fantastic game. We talked about him yesterday. We were very excited to see what this matchup would bring. LJ, I think I brought up his stats, what he's done in this, uh, since August. It was like a sub-2 ERA or something like that. He continues this dominant stretch where he goes six innings, three hits, no earned runs, not a single walk, and nine strikeouts. Uh, I mean, LJ, this dude is a legitimate, legitimate ace. This this is as dominant as you needed him to be to be able to slow down and pump the brakes of this Brewers team. You know – it's important to be able to uh, step up in this game because this game controls the momentum for the rest of the series. It really does. Now, reasonably, if you drop back-to-back games, you're done. Both teams. And there are back-to-back games in Atlanta this week. Somebody's going to get it done. And I don't think splitting, if, if Milwaukee avoids hypothetically let's say Atlanta wins game three if Milwaukee wins game four that doesn't give them any more momentum 
going into game five than them. Even I think if they if they win game three, I don't think it gives them that much momentum because game four, the chance to split or at least the chance to stay alive is still going to be in Atlanta's health park. So they have all of the momentum for this series now. The wind is at the end. Game three will feature our guy, Ian Anderson, for the Braves. LJ, I'd have to assume on Monday it's going to be Freddie Peralta for the Brewers, right? They haven't announced their starting pitcher. Yeah, it, would make, but it would make sense. It would make sense. Ian Anderson versus Freddie Peralta is still an incredible matchup. I was telling you, I mean, this and White Sox-Astros, I genuinely thought would be were going to be the best two series of the entire playoffs. LJ, it's our guy, Ian Anderson. I mean, uh, I've low-key started rooting for the Braves here. As much as – and I know I picked the Brewers, but if our guy, Ian Anderson, who we both watched pitch in high school and have seen his progression through the majors and what he did last year, I would love to see him shut down this this Brewers offense. I mean, just watching this guy in high school to actually be rooting for this guy in a – legitimate playoff game is crazy to me and not even trying to put any homer bias in there but ian anderson was good this year i mean nine and five record 3.58 era people forget this guy is still extremely young uh and i genuinely think he could eventually work his way into a cy young conversation when he hits his prime in a couple of years and he has the stuff to do it. The Braves and Brian Snicker trust him a lot. Should he face Freddie Peralta uh, Monday at 1.07 p.m. is the time for uh, the first pitch. That will be an incredible game three. There's no starters for game four announced yet, but um, this is going to be a crazy series. And for them to split in Milwaukee, uh, just makes it even better. I'm really excited and can't wait to see what this series brings. As for the performers of the night, as we've been doing that with pretty much uh, every team, kind of got to give it to Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley, right? They have the two biggest hits of the night. They're my co, well, like, and Max Freed. Max Freed and- deserves the top spot if we're giving it. If we're going to give out, like, in hockey with the three stars, I would give it to the two of them, and I'd definitely give it to Frey Freeman over Austin Riley. And part of that is I kind of feel bad for Frey Freeman because you can tell he wants to have an impact, but they're doing a really good job of limiting him, like a really good job. This game only one walk, but you know that strikeout was probably him just pressing as they don't give him pitches to hit. They're not going to give him a single pitch to hit this series. He has to earn them. And I don't blame the uh, Brewers for approaching him that way. This dude is legitimately Ben, whether you want to believe it or not, <laughs> one of the best hitters in the league over the past, what, five years, six years? I mean, it's a pretty large sample size what this guy has done since like even 2015. You can go as far back as that. He finished this year with the 100th percentile and expected batting average. The dude just hits the crap out of the ball every time he hits it. Uh, 
even higher than Juan Soto and expected batting average. And we've certainly given our support to him on this show. Uh, as much as the Brewers, like, look, last year, let's not forget, they're one game away from making the World Series. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. I would love to see this Braves team make it uh, to the World Series. I'm not sure that they can or that they will, but if they can get past Milwaukee, the way this Dodgers-Giants series is uh, playing out, I feel like they're going to end up using a lot of pitching that is uh, – they're going to end up burning a lot of arms, and we're going to get into that. But I would just love to see our guy Ian Anderson, Freddie Freeman in the World Series. That would just be incredible to me. But, uh, yeah, overall, great performance by Max Freed. We talked about him yesterday. He's a, he's a legit ace. Uh, don't forget about him when you're bringing up the top pitchers in the National League or in general. Uh, of course, they shut out this Brewers team. They night, or excuse me, 14 strikeouts. Really impressive by the whole Atlanta pitching staff. Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzek, Will Smith, and uh, really excited for Game Three on Monday. Absolutely. How about we go ahead and get in, into this? Dodgers Giants game, the second game from Oregon. Well, Dodgers and Giants certainly brought us quite a bit of talking points. First, uh, let's talk about the starting pitching matchup. We have Julio Urias, the first National League pitcher in what was it, five years, LJ, That's to win 20 games? It was five years, yeah. Five, the first National League pitcher in five years to win 20 games in a year. He's going for the Dodgers tonight. Kevin Gaussman, who started off the year as a legitimate Cy Young candidate, going for the Dodgers. Of course, we mentioned yesterday these two teams won a combined 213 games. And the Dodgers jump on the board in the top of the second inning uh, with who else? But Julio Urias with a single into right field that brings home Chris Taylor. And it is one nothing Dodgers. LJ, certainly the last guy that the Giants thought was going to be swinging the bat and producing an impact tonight was Julio Urias. No, you, you're, ne you're never expecting them, but that's what makes them so lethal. You also have to keep in mind here that their second run comes off the board is gets put on the board by a Mookie Betts single that almost scores Urias ends up getting him to third. So he nearly ended up making, making them pay double. Yeah. Uh, can't say he's the quickest runner ever, but I don't blame the Dodgers base coaches for not sending him as that could have been very interesting, but you're right. The Dodgers go up two to nothing. Uh, the last thing you need is to blow out another one of your pitching arms this year doing something that's just so incredibly unnecessary. Absolutely. Uh, and we get to the bottom of the second. Of course, the Dodgers score in the top of the second. In the bottom of the second, Donovan Solano ends up with a sack fly that scores Wilmer Flores. It's 2-1 Dodgers. At this point, we thought that this was a game. We're scoreless through the fifth inning Top of the sixth is really where all the action ends up happening. I believe both pitchers pitched into, except, or excuse me, Gaussman pitched into the sixth inning. Urias got pulled after five. 
Pitching Gosman into the fifth inning proves to be costly for the Giants. Cody Bellinger, the dude who hit 165 in the regular season, finally shows up in the postseason. He rips a double, allows Trey Turner and uh, Will Smith to score. It's 4-1 Giants at that point. Next batter, A.J. Pollock, also rips a double, scores Chris Taylor and Cody Bellinger. It is six to one Dodgers at that point. They would end up extending the lead and winning the game. But LJ, nice to see Cody Bellinger finally get a big hit when it matters. Absolutely. And it's just, it's a tough situation to be put in if you're San Francisco, if you're uh, Gabe Kapler, if you're, if you're having to make decisions in this scenario, because Look, this was the best relief core in terms of ERA, in terms of whip in the league this year in in San Francisco. So I am firmly on the stand of if a guy doesn't look brilliant, you should probably give him the hook quickly. You certainly shouldn't be having anyone go past the fifth inning unless they're looking really, really good. But Brandon, yeah, you think about it, seven base runners, he'll – he allows in four earned runs. The majority of those or half those four earned come in that sixth inning. He was doing a wonderful job with the exception of the struggle in the second inning. He was doing a really good job on the mound out there. I don't have any issue with him sticking with him and trying to get six or seven out of him with how well and how smoothly it seems that those innings in between went. Absolutely. Like, look, he gives up those two runs in the second inning. The earliest RBI, you can just kind of chalk up to a fluke hit. I mean, when do you expect the pitcher to make contact with the ball, let alone put it into the outfield? Uh, Other than that, the Bellinger double. uh, Look, Cody Bellinger has been one of the worst players in the league this year. And for him to finally step up and get a double – he still went one for four with three strikeouts. Like he, he got, he got his hit, but other than that, he was pretty much shut down. And that's a, certainly a topic for another day, but just what happened to this dude over the last few years? Like former, his former MVP, former perennial MVP candidate, Cody Bellinger. Like did this dude just get onto the pot too much? Like I'm genuinely wondering <laughs> What's going on with him? Because since Chris Davis, LJ, this guy won the MVP in 2019. Since Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles, I don't think we've seen a bigger drop off in production in anybody. Uh, You know, Cody Bellinger meets that criteria, and it's crazy to me. Regardless of that, like I said, Dodgers open up a six to one lead in the sixth inning. Uh, the Giants score in the bottom of the six. Brandon Crawford singles, makes it six to two. Top eight, the Dodgers end up scoring three more runs uh, thanks to uh, uh, this guy, Zach Little, who they bring in. They knew they were down by four. They needed someone to eat a few innings. Unfortunately, he gets shelled, uh, allows four hits and three earned runs. The big plays of that inning, Will Smith, solo homer. Matt Beattie, the RBI man, 
uh, with a RBI single. And then Corey single, Corey Seager with an RBI single of his own makes it nine to two. That would be your final score in this one. Dodgers tie it up one to one. My guy Brewster Gratterall comes in for the eighth inning, throws the eighth, throws the eight hardest pitches of this game in that one inning. Uh, like I said, dude, dude is a tank. He threw one pitch 101.7 miles an hour, showed up on the broadcast as 102. The broadcasters were going absolutely nuts. Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. I was like I said this yesterday. You show this guy's pitching form to somebody, and then you show them how fast he throws, and they genuinely think that the radar gun is fake. Like they really don't think that someone who is just like lopping it low key, like he's just kind of just like throwing it a little bit. Like he's it doesn't even look like a real pitching form. It looks like he's still warming up. For him to be pumping 102 is amazing, but uh we fully expected this Dodgers Giants series to be split after two games. I can't really say I expected either team to be up to uh No, this is going to be this is going to be a dogfight the whole way. Again, I stand by the fact that no one will be is able to beat the Giants in a seven game series. A seven game series. Five is much shorter. Those extra two games make a huge difference in terms of what a team can do, what a team can't do, the leeway that they have. So this is the only chance I think anyone has to touch this Giants team. And if I were if I were the Giants, I would have wanted anyone other than their their biggest competition to be in their shortest series. It really shows just how it's not even flawed, but just how the MLB playoff system is uh I think they're going to end up changing it next year in the CBA. They don't want the two best teams playing each other in the DS. It only makes sense. This would literally be like if you had the Lakers and Nets play each other in the first round of the playoffs. No one would like to see one of those teams get knocked out. Uh, but that's just baseball for you. And it just shows how unique the sport is compared to every other sport. Dodgers win. They tie the series up at one. Game three will be on Monday. It will be Alex Wood going for the Giants, the ex-Dodger taking on the main man, Mr. I am drunk, Max Scherzer. Uh, and 
very excited for that. As for the games that are going on today, for you who are listening, we have a couple of American League games. It will be Rays Red Sox in Boston, Drew Rasmussen versus Nathan Avaldi. LJ, I'm sure you'll be tuning into that at 4.07 p.m. Eastern time. And at 8.07, the nightcap will be Astros White Sox. That will be Luis Garcia versus Dylan Seas. LJ, do we want to talk about the White Sox pitching choice here? Yeah, Brandon, I think you had a decent explanation for it. They go with Dylan Cease. This means that there is a very strong possibility that um, the White Sox will go their entire postseason run without putting the ball in the hands of one of, one of if not their strongest, Cy Young contender. Carlos Rodon, who is on the playoff roster, could Wait. potentially – could potentially never touch the ball in this. Place. I hadn't even thought about that because you said something, correct me if I'm wrong, you said something about dead arm. For the last about two and a half weeks, they have been talking about how he's had a dead arm. Yet Tony yeah, LaRusso and the GM keep him on the roster. That's right. You know what it is? They can always option him off. You just can't play in the next round. So I wonder if they put him on in the event that he could pitch, and if he can't pitch, then they'll just option. I wouldn't be surprised to see them option him tomorrow morning off as an injury and then bring another reliever in. You're right. They have Evan Marshall, who they did not even bring onto their roster, onto the playoff roster. Uh, But Rodon ends up with a 2-3-7 ERA. Since August, he's only made, I think, five or six starts. 1.93 ERA since then. He pitched good in his last few starts of the season, but uh, like a dead arm is a dead arm. I mean, if if he genuinely can't go, we're not going to blame him. I mean, clearly, if you pitch, like that's the thing. The people who just assume that these guys are quitters because they don't want to play in the playoffs is – an absolute joke. They would not stick it out living uh, in hotels and traveling in planes every week in the regular season to not want to play in the playoffs. I guarantee you Carlos Rodon wants more than anything to be able to pitch uh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. These guys, there are very few guys, very few weak guys that don't want the ball. Especially if you're a guy who plays at this level. Like, if you're in a Cy Young contest, you have the, you, you normally have the intestinal fortitude. There are very few people. I can't even think of one off the top of my head that I feel genuinely comfortable saying would do that. I don't even feel very comfortable saying that any of the guys who can, can are capable of performing at a Cy Young level could, would even pull themselves from a game, which I think is actually worse than – avoiding the ball to begin with. And so there's no way in my mind that he wouldn't want it. And I don't blame them for putting him on the roster because he probably told them like, look, if you need me to pitch, it'll be on a need, need be basis, but I can certainly go uh, 
if I'm feeling good enough. Unfortunately, Rodon just doesn't seem to be feeling good enough. Maybe he's just an emergency option out of the bullpen. Should it be well, a close game tomorrow in the White Sox or in, in the Astros are able to clinch? But the other uh, thing is if I keep rethinking the scenario because technically, I mean, realistically, if it's been two and a half weeks, it should theoretically be any day now he could feel well enough to pitch. Like, so let's say hypothetically they're able to get out of this 2-0 hole and they're able to win the series. All of a sudden, if you have optioned him just because you couldn't pitch this one game, you'd also lose him for all of, if not most of, the ALCS. Right. So in the case of a pitcher that good, it's kind of worth eating that extra spot. Absolutely. If, if you could have him go, if he could pitch game four, if he could pitch game five, even if he doesn't get pitched until game one of the ALCS, it's worth having that spot. This is the equivalent if, like, Corbin Burns had this same injury at this point, and they had – Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff take the first two games. I mean, that's how I see it because the White Sox pitching staff has been so good this year where they can rely on other guys to support uh, him. White Sox really need a win, of course. If the Astros win, they advance to another ALCS, which I would not not like to see, but – we're in for a really good game, really two good games tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait to see what they bring us. But uh, I just love postseason baseball, man. I mean, the intensity is so high. Uh, the managers are actually on, like, suicide watch, figuring out what moves to make, what moves uh, make the most sense at the current moment. There's nothing better than this, LJ, and you can't and you can't tell me wrong. It's the most intense playoffs out of every sport that out of every major sport in the in America. Oh, absolutely, and you know why? It's because baseball is such a game of momentum. More so, I think than any other sport. I mean, you always say basketball is a game of runs, but th- this game thrives on momentum and momentum shifts, and that's what makes the energies the way it is. That's what makes every single moment feel so high stakes is because any, any particular play, if it is the right play for that scenario, could completely change the course of a series. Especially in the postseason. I mean, one home run can legitimately change the course of a season. The stakes are so high. Only so, like, you know, in baseball, the smallest amount of teams make the playoffs compared to every other league uh, in American sports. And I think it's worth noting that in the last nine games, the American League Centrals played in the playoffs. They are one in 11. <laughs> um, we can't forget that the White Sox legitimately played in the worst division in baseball. Strength of schedule really does matter in a 162-game season. It really does. And, look, the White Sox are a good team, but I can't not say that they haven't played against bad teams pretty much the whole year. They had the worst division in the entire league. Yeah, 
it makes a lot of sense. And you've got a lot of teams that don't have – it's not like they're bad teams with a lot of fight in them either. I mean, you're, no. playing, you're playing the remnants of a Cleveland team that's been rolling over in the playoffs for the last three years. You're playing a Kansas City team who hasn't figured anything out since they won a championship. And you have the ultimate playoff chokers themselves in the Minnesota Twins in your division as well. There's just not a lot to love there. You're absolutely right. Well, I think that's a good preview of tomorrow's games and a good enough recap of tonight's games. LJ, we have two teams left to do our Hall of Fame picks. The Kansas City Royals is first. And, uh, you know, they didn't really make very many moves at the deadline to trade away a lot of guys, so they still have a full roster to pick from. Uh, This is tough, LJ. Yeah. Is it, though? We just give it to our guy, Salvi. Yeah, there's a uh, MVP candidate here that is over 30 part of this group of like aging of veterans that are really like this whole veteran movement this year has been fascinating to me and he is a huge part of it dude hits 48 bombs this year after deciding to stay here a lot letting himself be locked up long term by this team reasonably he probably i wouldn't be shocked if he ended up retiring a royal and i respect the hell out of that so i think he is the clear above and beyond uh, favorite. I can't also because I can't think of anyone else. I genuinely think deserves it. I agree with you. Um, the one guy I was thinking of that could potentially keep get it. Keep in mind Danny Duffy is a Dodger now. Right. <laughs> That's the thing is he was really good at the start of the year. Um Mike Matheny, I know we picked a manager last night, but is a legitimate good manager. The Royals ended up, what, they had like 70-something wins, like low 70s this year. Um, I can't say that he could get it out of these guys. Salvi Perez literally broke the record for most home runs in a season as a catcher. Uh, his MVP case is questionable. As of right now, I made a tentative ballot today for the American League. He's not in my top 10. He's very close. He's probably 11 or 12. Uh, 48 home runs. 48 home runs. And that slugging percentage is very intriguing. Uh, the face of the franchise. They signed him prior to the year. I don't know if I probably said this quite a few times on the show, but the Royals, I genuinely appreciate for never fully tanking. They will, they will support their fans and give the fans what they want. Uh, as many years in a row as this ownership group is in there. Uh, actually, I, you know, I, I just think that what they've done with Salvi Perez, signing him to that contract, most teams who or in the MLB right now, would let him walk. So for this, you know, John Sherman, the Royals owner, to extend him, for him to have one of the best hitting seasons as a catcher ever, uh, I find it hard to pick against him. 
yeah, he's the clear choice here. All right. Well, Salvador Perez is our pick for the Royals. LJ, we certainly do have time if you want to do our last Hall of Fame pick, which is the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Oakland this year, uh, they finished short of the wild card by like what, five games, six games, something like that. We can thank Houston for blowing them out in the first few series of the season. LJ, I told you that that series was going to matter a lot uh, for Oakland. Uh, regardless of that, they had a really good pitching staff this year. Uh, Chris Bassett, Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya, Matt Olson was outstanding this year as well. Uh, I think it's got to be either Matt Olson or one of these starting pitchers. I really Whoa. can't. Who, who, who am I forgetting? Spitting, spitting the hot takes and completely omitting Starling Marte. The dude forgot about Starling Marte. I'm sorry. And was like probably the best player on the Miami Marlins all year. Gets traded over here as their big one of, one of their two big trade deadline pieces and all of a sudden turned into Speedy Leg Boy. Um, You're right. How many did he have after the deadline? Because he's at 47 stolen bases on the year. Uh, so he stole 32 with Miami in 64 games, 11 with Oakland in 56 games, and he hit 308 on the season. Exactly. Like, what isn't the love? This dude came and was an absolute spark plug for this offense. He's my, he's my guy. I think you're sleeping on Matt Olson, man. I mean, this guy is legitimately – do I – you know, I'm going to look up his stats real quick before I say the word. Um, Yeah, no, this guy's a superstar. Uh, A 153 OPS plus over the full season. He has a 134 OPS plus over almost 600 games in his entire career. He finishes with six war this year, which is higher than Starling Marte. Matt Olson is a legitimate top three first baseman in the league. This guy is unbelievable, LJ. 39 homers, 111 RBIs, and he had a on-base percentage of 371. I mean... Starling Marte was great, don't get me wrong, and he leads the league in stolen bases and was extremely productive, a great contact hitter, but Matt Olson just for a couple years has been so slept on. This guy comes back from a bad 2020 season and proves that he is a legitimate top 10 MVP candidate. He's ahead of Salvador Perez in my MVP ballot as of right now, and I don't see how you can't have him ahead of him. And we will certainly get to that on the MVP yeah. show in a couple of days. But how about I'm going to keep arguing if, about this and passing if we don't? I'm honestly fine with taking Matt Olson. Okay. Uh, well, look, this is our last Hall of Fame choice. So. I would certainly hope that we can uh, 
come to an agreement. Nothing against Starling Marte, absolutely whatsoever. Uh, but Matt Olson has played for the A's his whole career. Starling Marte literally was a rental. He's a free agent now. He's a free agent after this season. He's not going to re-sign with Oakland because they don't like to spend money and re-sign their good players uh, like Marcus Simeon. Uh, Brandon's just a uh, salty stat head who wants to reject anything 80s. The second he sees a uh, stolen base total above 30, he immediately shuts his mind off on a player. No, not true. Not true because I love Starlin Marte. I love the way he plays the game. And his OPS plus is actually very impressive for this year, higher than most players at a 131. But to put up a 153 OPS plus – LJ, I, I just don't want this to be a Starling Marte hate episode <laughs> because I genuinely love the guy and what he did this year is awesome. But he's not going to be in Oakland A for very long. And I feel like part of our voting, it depends on what team you're on <laughs> also. like, And for a guy who played half a season with a team and then you know the team is not going to want to re-sign him because it's too much money, and they'll continue to operate like the A or like the Rays, but just with worse analytical management, and they'll continue to be above average. I don't know. I just like I love I love Matt Olson. I love my guy Chris Bassett too, who I thought pitched really good this year. Frankie Montas also was an he had an incredible season finally everyone's kind of been waiting for that uh so let's go ahead and go with Matt Olson yeah we'll go with Matt Olson uh I'm gonna go honestly second with Frankie Montas as my honorable mention started the most games in the American League this year and was very impressive uh ends with a 3.7 war but yeah, we'll go with our guy Matt Olson. Uh, 111 RBIs, 39 homers. The on-base percentage is up there. He can draw walks. Let's go with him. Have you made a decision on the Yankees? There was. I'm not change- LJ. I'm not changing. I don't think we should be able to change them if we picked. No, 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 no. This is a special exception. I'm allowing you to swap in Bronxy for DJ if you'd like to. I just don't know if Bronxy would make it. I would hate to have Bronxy be our first Hall of Fame member. I would love to have Bronxy be our first Hall of Fame member. Unfortunately, like, spoiler alert, but I feel like it's just going to come down to Juan Soto and, like, some other superstar player. That's just how it's going to play out. You are absolutely sleeping on the Arizona Diamondbacks social media manager. Kyle Payne. You are sleeping on Kyle Payne, and I understand that, especially because like, he seems semi-gettable for this podcast. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, well, now that we have them all done, we can start to get them uh, cut down. Uh, we still have to do all the postmortems, which I promise you all we will get through by the time World Series ends. Uh, as me and LJ could certainly use a break after the World Series ends until we start next year's uh, show where we preview all 30 teams once again. But yeah, no, you're right. The Hall of Fame breakdown is going to be very interesting. 
and I can't wait to do that as we have a lot of really good names on this list here. And uh, I can't wait to see what it brings. We even have some guys that aren't even in the majors at this point, like your mean Mercedes. So uh, very excited to see how we end up breaking this down. But I am com completely fine with Matt Olson being the ace pick well sorry for the shorter episode tonight but only two games there's only two games on sunday as well Brandon, so, we're, only, we're only like eight minutes under we're eight minutes under but you forgot we talked for quite a bit prior to the show starting so i think it will be a little bit shorter than normal no we started it we started this we started the show at like quarter of Okay, then, 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 then we're fine. Then we did good. I'm sorry. I'm, you know, when I tried to watch this Wilder Fury fight, was unable to watch it. I will end up watching the full thing. Like I said, it's something. It was nice. I also shout out to Majestic Seven at Arsenal. They did a viewing of the fight there, and what what a nice experience for a college kid like me to be able to go to that instead of having to watch in his dorm room. Because not only is this, Brandon, you've been to, I'm sure, the cinemas with the reclining chairs. Mm. They're different reclining chairs. Like, they actually feel really comfortable when you put it back. It's like the perfect angle. And then you add that into the fact that as a single person, my options were either pay $25 and go sit in that theater or pay $65 and sit in my room. So... Even with even with buying my like dinner there, I ended up saving like half as much as I would have if I bought it myself. Well, that's awesome to hear. Uh, the one last thing I'm gonna say: Team USA soccer team plays at Let's six o'clock against Panama tonight in the World Cup qualifiers. They are currently leading. What do they call this? The the octo octo something. Octo octo group, whatever it is. There's eight teams in the group. Team USA is in the lead right now. They're tied for the lead. Should they beat Panama, they are in a very 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 nice spot. Uh, let's go, Team USA, baby. You know. Been getting back into soccer as of late. I'm a big Arsenal fan, which uh, hearing the news about Newcastle being bought out by a bunch of rich oil people makes me just envision Man City all over again. But you hate, you hate the rich oil people, don't you? I do because the guys that are trying to buy Arsenal own Spotify and they're not rich oil people, which I just don't know how, how that would change the team, but it is what it is. Um, great games in the MLB tonight, soccer tomorrow, great two games in the MLB tomorrow. LJ, I'm sure you'll be watching at four o'clock. I'll be watching both games along with the NFL games. Hopefully I can catch a W in fantasy but regardless, thank you all for listening to this Octagonal. episode. Octagonal, that's it. Octagonal. There we go. There you go. Well, LJ finally cleared it up for us. 
Thank you all for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And we'll see you tomorrow to recap the two American League games. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.